Capcom revealed Street Fighter VI, and it has to be one of the most disappointing video game reveals ever. Good morning, good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for February 22nd, 2022. It comes bright and early every weekday to our patrons who pledge at patreon.com sifted, and it's delayed a couple days for everyone else. Though that's changing soon. If you like our content, we also have a separate podcast feed for our flagship show Game Face, that you can find by searching your favorite podcast service. You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. First of all, I hope everyone had an excellent three-day weekend, at least our U.S. sifters anyway. It was President's Day. Everyone had off work on Monday, and we're back at it here on Tuesday. While we were gone, Capcom unveiled Street Fighter VI. Not only did it unveil Street Fighter VI, it posted a countdown clock that ran for a good week leading up to the reveal of Street Fighter VI. Now, if you listen to Good Morning Gaming, Street Fighter VI was one of the games that I predicted could be revealed. However, I felt it was unlikely because the clock itself did not look like something that would be related to Street Fighter. It looked way too serious. And as it turns out, it was foreshadowing for what the game actually is. Street Fighter VI was revealed at the ending weekend for the Capcom Pro Tour, and it looks extremely realistic. Not sure that that's what we're looking for in a Street Fighter game. I remember there was a lot of uproar when Street Fighter 4 was unveiled because it had this strange kind of ink scribbled cell shaded look to it. It ended up growing on me and I actually really like the art style of Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter 6 looks like they just took a picture of someone they thought looked like Ryu and then just built the character model based on the photograph. It is really realistic. The trailer itself doesn't give up much. It's really just a teaser. It shows Ryu and it shows Luke, not exactly a stalwart of the Street Fighter franchise, and he apparently has been through literally the grinder. He has scars all over him, assuming that will be explained in some way, shape, or form in the game. And that's pretty much all we got. More details are coming from Capcom this summer, so we're gonna have to wait a little while to get any real details on the game, but we're assuming that what was shown in this trailer is, in fact, the art style. And if you look at the way Capcom has handled Street Fighter in the past, that's how it's worked. Whatever the art style is in the teaser trailer is ultimately what's in the game. A realistic-looking Street Fighter game is not something I think most players have asked for. So that's one thing. I don't think most fans are going to be too excited with the way the game looks. But the other thing is, you don't have a week-long countdown clock for a 30-second teaser trailer. You just don't do it. If you're going to debut a game and you think it's big enough that it needs a countdown clock, then you got to come correct with the debut. You have to show more than just some close-ups of character models and some flexing and some posturing, which is essentially all we got in the debut teaser trailer. Now, I'll say this. Japanese publishers aren't quite as adept at marketing as their Western counterparts. I feel like Western publishers and developers have a better idea of what the average game player is really looking for from debuts. If you put up a countdown clock and all your fans, not just Street Fighter fans, because they didn't say it was Street Fighter, all Capcom's fans were wondering, what is this? Is it a new Resident Evil? Is it a new whatever? Capcom has dozens and dozens of franchises that could have been revived. And instead it's Street Fighter and it's debuted in such a limp, 
impotent way. If the objective of releasing a trailer, or any marketing material for that matter, is to get people more excited for a product, this trailer failed. <laughs> I am now less excited for Street Fighter VI than I was before I watched the teaser trailer. And really the kicker is that Capcom is showing off this realistic art style, but technically it looks terrible. I mean, if this game is a PS5, an Xbox series game, those character models are gonna have to look a lot better than that. So holding out hope here that this is just one of those debuts that basically fizzles. And then ultimately when we see the game, it'll be something amazing. And honestly, if the graphics look like this in the final game, and I don't think they look great, if they actually switch some things up with the way Street Fighter plays, then I'll sit up and take notice, keeping in mind that a lot of people who are really into Street Fighter and maybe participate in esports will not be happy with a ton of changes. It's always a fine balancing act when you're talking about big fighting franchises like Street Fighter. Now for a couple more stories from the top of your SIFs. In an interview with Xbox Wire, artists from Bethesda discussed the art style of Starfield, its upcoming open-world sci-fi action RPG. And they're claiming that the art style the game uses is called NASA Punk. When, when are we going to run out of descriptors like this to try to describe an art style or an overall aesthetic for a game? But anyway, Starfield's lead artist, Is Von Pelly said, Early on in this project, when we were trying to establish the overall aesthetic of this game, we sort of coined the term NASA Punk to describe a sci-fi universe that's a little more grounded and relatable. We wanted a very realistic take. You can draw a line from current day space technology and extrapolate from there into the future, so it's believable and relatable. Lead animator Rick Vissens added, What's really interesting is how much we all latched onto that concept. When you said NASA Punk, the art team could instantly take those two words and make them work. It was just the perfect term for our art direction and keeping everyone in the same flow and working with a consistent style. For me, it just clicked. At the start of the project, I think that term was critical for us. When I hear NASA Punk, what? first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is some dude with a mohawk and a jean or leather jacket with a NASA patch on it. That's what comes to mind for me when you say NASA punk. And I realize it's like steampunk crossed with realism. I I find it hard to believe that any artist would listen to that and instantly know what it is. And honestly, when I look at Starfield, it just looks realistic. I don't really see any style to the game at all. The ships look like something that could be built by NASA in the future. It's not really sci-fi other than the fact that it just kind of defies science at present. And maybe that is the definition of sci-fi. However, it just all seems a little bit too pretentious. And I get it. Artists are always looking for something that they can latch onto to describe their work. But maybe this one they should have just kept under their hat. More Nintendo Lego sets are on the way. Nine new sets in all, with the cheapest being just six bucks. However, that's probably just an addition to the Super Mario Lego line or something like that. The big news here is that one of the nine sets is a $230 option and it's marked as 17 and over, which means it's probably a working console like the Lego NES that was released quite a while ago. My best guess is just following the lineage of the micro consoles that have come out, we already have a Lego NES. My guess is the next is the Lego SNES. And if that does as well as the NES, I would imagine a Lego N64 isn't too far behind. 
Now keep in mind that these consoles work. They're built out of Legos, but they actually have the hardware built into them so you can actually play the games on them. Financial filings for the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft reveal that Phil Spencer reached out to Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick the day after he publicly announced Xbox was re-examining its deal with a third-party publisher. Just like a shark, Spencer could smell blood in the water and wasted no time moving in for the kill. It also shows, though, that these deals sometimes can be spur of the moment and impromptu. They don't have to be something that's been in the works for 18 months or a year. And the way acquisitions are happening right now in the gaming industry, I don't think you can afford to take that typical year to 18 months to do your due diligence and go back and forth on a deal. This has proven that with the right lawyers and the right business people in place, gigantic deals can be cracked in the blink of an eye. Venture Beast Jeff Grubb is reporting that Dragon Age 4 is beginning to wrap up development, and it should be released in the next 18 months. It may seem like we've waited quite a while for Dragon Age 4, and I will agree that BioWare probably announced the game too early. We're sitting here a couple years after its official announcement, and all we have really so far are some lackluster trailers with a lot of concept art. So there's a huge marketing push just getting ready to ramp up here for Dragon Age 4, but I think we would all agree that BioWare should take as long as it needs. EA needs to understand this. It cannot force Bioware to release this game early. With the recent drama around the releases of Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, Bioware can't really afford to have a third game that the fans aren't really excited about. That's three strikes and you're out. I never thought I would see a reputable developer like Bioware skating on such thin ice with its fans, but that's all it takes. Two bad games in a row, couple people leave the studio, and suddenly, faith in its future projects wanes. The Uncharted movie did $44 million at the box office in its opening week. Meanwhile, the reviews have been terrible. Abysmal. Awful. <laughs> Pretty much everyone in his agreement that the movie just is not good. But that just goes to show you that we can sometimes be suckers for gaming movies and whatever else related to our hobby that gets released out in pop culture. It's the fourth highest debut for a video game movie ever behind Tomb Raider, Detective Pikachu, and Sonic. I think it just shows that the more we care about a property, the more likely we are to give it a chance, despite everyone telling us that something is terrible. Cheating in online games is a never-ending problem, but Activision has found a new way to try and stop it. If a cheating player is detected in a lobby for Call of Duty, then all the other players are made immune to their weapons during the match, basically ensuring a complete and total slaughter. I know this may sound mean, but if you're seriously into competitive gaming like I am, you're fed up with these people. You, you, you're tired of them ruining your time. You have whatever amount of time you have to play games that you set aside to play games, especially competitive games. And then you have these jerks coming in with their aimbots and their wall hacks, and it just ruins it for everyone. So I get it if you think this is kind of mean-spirited on the part of Activision, but let's be honest, these game publishers have tried to play nice for years. They have given our community the benefit of the doubt, and our community has spit in its face over and over. And I am at the end of my rope. I can't even imagine how the publishers and developers feel at this point. 
If you're a serious competitive player, you will welcome this tactic and enjoy the catharsis. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's boss fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. I have spent the last five or six days playing Horizon Forbidden West. And I'm not going to talk a ton about the game here, because Matt and I will be speaking about it at length, and believe me, it will be at length, on Game Face today at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. We're there every Tuesday. So I'm not going to talk about the ins and outs of the game, whether I like the game, whether the combat is good, whether the story's great, none of that. I'm just going to focus on the game's length. So I've been playing it for five days, and it's really big. It's one of those games where if you stop playing, you're doomed, (laughs) essentially. As far as knowing... The ins and outs of the game, what's going on, how specific weapons work on specific... All the minutiae and the detail of what you learned while playing the game could be lost if you take a break. Some of you are playing Cyberpunk 2077 right now, finally, because you wanted to wait until it was fixed. And the PS5 and Xbox Series versions are out now. And according to most reports, most of the problems have been fixed, and a lot of you have been finally diving in. But some of you may have started the game, got 20, 30 hours into it, and then decided that the bugs were too bad, and you were going to wait and come back. And now you're dealing with what I was just talking about. You are struggling to remember everything that had happened in the game, which characters are antagonists, which ones are a part of your team. All that stuff just kind of gets lost in the wash. And so you pretty much have to just sit down and plow through these games to get, I believe, the best experience out of them. And honestly, probably the experience that the developers want you to have with these games as well. So I'm plowing through Horizon Forbidden West. I will say this, it's waypoint system. I'm not going to get into too many details in the game. But the waypoint system in the game is pretty good. This is probably one of the lightest offenders. But that's not even really what I want to talk about. That's just a symptom of the bigger problem and when i say bigger problem i mean bigger problem and that is that games are just becoming gigantic they're so big the biggest games are too big i would argue doing this for a living obviously i'm in a different situation than you guys i need to try to get as far as i can through games in the limited amount of time that i have sometimes i get code early from publishers Sometimes we don't. That's been an adjustment for me, moving from a big outlet to working on Sifted. It is a nightmare trying to get through these games in a decent amount of time to be able to share with you guys whether they're good or not. And I understand. A game's length is important. It's one of maybe the first things that people ask someone else who has already played a game when they're trying to figure out whether they want to buy it or not. How long is it? And when you're talking about games like Cyberpunk or Horizon 
or The Last of Us or Red Dead Redemption. They are so long. I remember back in the heyday of Gears of War, Cliff Blazinski did an interview and he talked about how they got statistics back for their game. And like 15% of the people who started playing that year's Gears of War completed the game. And they thought that was an exceptional number. They thought that that was above average and really good. Those games are only like 12 hours long max. And still, only 15% of people finished them. So finishing games isn't something that most people are used to doing. They're used to buying a game, playing it until they get bored with it, or they get distracted, or life takes over, and then probably never going back to it again. And if they do go back to it again, as I was mentioning earlier, they are completely and hopelessly lost. And a lot of times, we'll just start the game over. So if you have this data that tells you that most people aren't finishing your games, wouldn't it make you adjust the type of games that you're making? And again, I understand the value proposition and it's very important to me. One of the most important things of what I do is letting you guys know whether games are worth your money or not. But I would argue that a 30 or 40 hour game is well worth your 60 bucks. Well worth your 60 bucks. So why are we getting games that are 60, 80, 100, 120 hours? Why? It's not good for the developer. We've seen this. These developers are trying to polish these gigantic games, and no matter how much time you give them, they're never going to find everything. They're not going to find every bug. So you're sacrificing the quality of your product. There's no way to avoid it. Look at what happened with Cyberpunk 2077. It was unplayable. So you're sacrificing the quality of your product. For what? To create an extra 60 hours of content that no one will ever see? I'll be honest with you. If there are a lot of releases coming out, I'll get typically 20, 30 hours into these games, and it's very hard for me to go back and finish them. I hate it. In my prior life as just a player, I was a completionist. I would 100% games. I can't even tell you the last time I did that because it's impossible. You have to give over your life to these games. And to me, it seems like it would make more sense if you release two 40-hour games in five years instead of one 80, 90, 100-hour game every seven years. It just it makes sense from everyone's perspective. From my perspective as a player... I'm cool with 30, 40 hours for 60 bucks. It's nice and tight and concise. I actually have a chance of completing it and getting that sense of accomplishment from completing a game. I don't feel like anyone gets that anymore. But then if I also look at the sales data, which is ultimately what's most important, especially to the publishers who are taking the huge risks, making these big games, you guys buy these big games knowing you're never going to finish them nine times out of 10. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, one of the most ungodly, bloated games in the history of the industry, just crossed $1 billion of revenue. And that hurt my soul, because I'm coming off playing these big games. Elden Ring is here. It's another gigantic game. I'm trying to juggle all this stuff to get you know news out to you guys about these games. And it's insane how long these games have become. The developers, they would enjoy the sense of accomplishment. Think about if you're working in an industry where 
you work on a project where it's very important to your resume that you actually ship that product, you're essentially locked down to your job for five, seven years at a time. Otherwise, you never ship a game. It doesn't work for anyone. I I am far more likely to spend more hours with a game if I know finishing it is attainable. These big games I've been talking about, like I said, I get 20 to 30 hours into them, and then it's time to move on. And my incentive to go back and play them is so minimal because it just seems so daunting. On the flip side, a game where I spend 20 to 30 hours playing as much as I can before I talk with you guys about the game, I will go back and finish those last five hours and finish the game. Because I know the finish line is within reach, within distance. So while I appreciate the hard work that goes into these games, it's hard for me to see where creating a 120-hour game instead of four 30-hour games or three 40-hour games is worth it. Sure, these games sell great, but don't you think an Assassin's Creed every two years will ultimately drive more revenue than one every three or four years? When you think about the small percentage of people that finish your game, you're also limiting the audience for your DLC. So again, it's impressive to see what Assassin's Creed Valhalla did in revenue. And a lot of times it's easy to say, you know what, that's good enough. But nothing ever is good enough. Everything can be improved. Everything can be made better. So for the sake of my mental health, for the sake of publishers' wallets, for the sake of the mental health of video game developers, let's cut down game life just at least a little bit. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire and follow Sifted at Sifted Games. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another. <laughs>